A Half Hour Wasted presents Meet the Dudes by the Legion of Dudes. Robo, excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Ow. Stay out of trouble. Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Dude, 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 dude. Well, I guess you've got a point there. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. I do think that something one dude should say to another dude. Yeah, a little creepy. It's the Legion of Dudes podcast. And now, here's the dudes. Hello, everybody. Indeed, welcome to the big show. It's a half hour wasted presents Meet the Dudes by the Legion of Dudes. Hey, guys and gals, this is Adam Umack broadcasting out of the antimatter universe that is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I am joined tonight, as we are every week, with my compatriots, the Legion of Dudes. Guys, go ahead and sound off. This is Adam Reed from Covington, Kentucky. This is Russell Latham from the little town of Luling, Texas. This is Ken Morgan from Scranton, Pennsylvania. This is Johnny M. from a dairy farm in Madison, Wisconsin. No, from New York. <laughs> and this is Jim Dietz from the Jewel of the Allegheny, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is Dan Ashland from Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, and I'm here with my fellow Shippensburg citizens, Corn. I will tell you this before we get started here. From being over to Dan's house, I mean, when do we hang out? Maybe like once or twice a month? As few times as possible. That's right. Just <laughs> just enough for him to pay me the friendship tax, um, which is borrow comics from each other. He has, and I, and, I love, and I love your house, and I love the barn and everything, but you would have thought that they could film a zombie movie in his backyard. I mean, he's right next to the mountains, and it seriously looks like zombie holocaust could happen at any moment, which is why he has to walk me to my car at night, because I'm seriously freaked out. That's not for the goodbye kiss, Adam? <laughs> now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me make sure I have this straight. You have a barn on your property. No, I, I uh, actually, I converted the barn into my house, so I do live in a barn. When do you get milked? <laughs> <laughs> So when you leave the door open, somebody says, what, do you live in a barn? And you say, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, it pretty much gives me uh, free reign to fart whenever I want. So. <laughs> oh, well, I guess the reason why uh, this came up, um, originally what we were going to do tonight was we were going to record another one-shot episode on uh, Craven's Last Hunt. So um, we're going to be recording that episode next Sunday which will come out um, two Thursday, uh, a Thursday from now when you guys are listening to this. Um, we're also going to have Brad from Half Hour Wasted Guests since uh, that's his favorite Spider-Man book. But I guess what we didn't do, because we're, you know, how many, ten episodes deep into the Legion of Dudes at this point, was I guess we never told you guys kind of the ins and outs of who we are, why we got together, what we're interested in, and everything else. And um, if you're like me, you definitely want Johnny M to justify his existence. And hopefully he will try to do that tonight. Uh, so I'm going to toss it over to um, Russ and everybody. Uh, we've had uh, we had an Ask the Dudes uh, forum thread pop up, 
So, um, Russ, if you could take us through, I guess, the first couple questions here, and we're going to do, oh, we'll talk about some comics, some DVDs, um, mullets, all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, hey, why don't you start us off, Russ? All right. Well, the first question was actually from you, Mr. Umac, <laughs> and it had to do with the movie Old Boy. Hello, dudes. I have a question for John and Dan. I like Jello. It's good, and there's always room for it, just like good movies. In fact... I'm a big fan of movies great and small, so upon both of your recommendations, I saw the movie Old Boy. This was the most frightening movie I have ever seen. I say this because it shows one guy tearing his skin off, some guy goes crazy after being held captive in a hotel room for 15 years, someone actually cutting his tongue out with scissors, pulling teeth out of someone's mouth, no anesthetic, ant hallucinations, an octopus swallowed live, Oedipus complex underpinnings. I guess my question is, what is wrong with you two? How do any of those things make that movie bad? Those are what, the... <laughs> what is wrong with you? Who why, Who likes a movie yet thinks it's okay to recommend a movie like that to someone else? Well, I don't understand. Well, because maybe I thought you weren't a four-year-old girl and could handle it. Oh, uh, no. Hey, listen. Oh. He is definitely not a four-year-old. <laughs> what, at what point in your lives did you say, you know what? I think I, I lead a liberal lifestyle. I think I can start recommending this to people and start handing this movie out like it's Halloween candy. I mean, seriously. You act like I've got like a sign in my front yard that says "Watch Old Boy." <laughs> <laughs> I recommended it to you. That you're the only person I've ever said you should watch this, and I'm sorry you? your feeble mind couldn't handle it. <laughs> Wait, are you are you ashamed that you recommended this to me? I'm more ashamed of you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why he recommended it to you. He, was, he didn't want oh. to actually come out and say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. He thought, this might scare you off. That, right. That's, that's, that's a funny statement because that's absolutely true. I use old boy as my meter. You know, people want to talk to, be about, uh, talk to me about movies. I introduce them to old boy. They either cry like a baby or they like it, and then I know that I can talk to them about movies. So, Adam, you're out because you Promise? can't handle it. Do you promise? <laughs> oh, he's been out for years. We're having no take-backs here. This is it, John. <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know, Old Boy is a Korean revenge film, and uh, it's got some pretty cool stuff in it that you will never see released in a U.S. film. That's why I like it. <laughs> I think it's part of a trilogy, too. Though, that yes. There's also Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And Lady and Vengeance. Lady Vengeance, right. I've not seen those other two, though. I've only gotten Old Boy. I got it at the Pittsburgh Comic Con a long time ago. They're pretty intense. They're worth watching if you like it. They're pretty intense. Yeah, definitely. I'm more of a. I like Battle Royale better myself, but no, no, yeah. no, no. It's just no. personal post- preference. Oh my god! I posted. What did I post? I think I posted in the Geek Savants forum. We were talking about crazy movies and stuff. Again, Battle Royale. Let's give. Let's abduct a bunch of teenagers. Put them on a remote island and say, "Okay, time to destroy one another with sharp weapons and poison." Why? Why? Why is this a good movie? Why? How? How is this have? How is this socially redeeming or uplifting? And I, I mean, I watch Sin City. I watch the the gross stuff too. But like, my God, there's nothing I can even say about this movie. It's that kind of reaction that makes it great. So do you, do you need to be watching me while I'm reacting to the movie? Is that what you're looking for, John? No, I, I'm I'm looking for a reaction out of myself, which is what you know. Why do you why do you go on a roller coaster that makes you scream and feel like throwing up? You, I mean, people ride roller coasters because they get to flirt with death without the consequences. That's why people go on roller coasters. 
Right. So I get. So you just proved our point. Right. That's why. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't the Princess Bride too, Adam. (laughs) That's why I play Grand Theft Auto because there's consequences to doing that stuff in real life. I'm not prepared to deal with. Yeah, it's only. Speak for yourself. First of all. Okay. So Dan, how many times have you thought about cutting your tongue out with a pair of scissors? At least twice. (laughs) Well, then this movie's for you. I'm scared. Every time we record, I think it cut your tongue out with a pair of scissors. <laughs> That's wishful thinking. <laughs> next question. Okay, next question. Next question. Okay, the next question is from Hellsfire. So do you dudes really think the Watchmen movie will be any good? And if so, why? I say this because some things can be translated to big screen and be good. Other things can't. Watching the trailer and listening to your discussion and my memories from what I've read, I'm with the latter. Yeah, I think I... I... I mean, nobody's seen the movie yet except for a handful of people in, in Oregon at the advanced screening they just had, and that's even a rough cut. I think we need to wait. My, my phrase through this whole thing has been cautious optimism. I, I'm hoping it's going to be a great film, and that's uh, just as you know, um, much of an, uh, a statement of superhero movies as the comic was about superhero comics at the time. But, I mean, only time will tell. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think it can be successful on both fronts, meaning... Can it be good enough for the hardcore fans of the book and still be a major blockbuster with the rest of the public, or does it have to be either or? I, I think anybody, you know, the, the newcomer or the hardcore fan alike, if they go into this movie expecting an adaptation of a very good movie, but it's not going to be like a page-by-page translation, I think we're going to see a really a very, very good movie. I think it's going to stay true to the spirit, if not to the letter of the book. And I think if we go in with those expectations, we're going to be satisfied. I think anybody who goes in expecting to see page by page, frame by frame, it's it's going to be they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, there's no way you could pack that much uh, stuff into into a regular commercial size movie. I mean, maybe over like a twelve, um, you know, like a mini HBO miniseries or something. Maybe then they could go panel by panel, but mm-hmm. they're going to definitely have to condense. Yeah, that would be really good to actually take the twelve chapters and have made each one of those an episode, like like an HBO miniseries, or even just give it the Lord of the Rings treatment and do it as I don't know two separate movies. You know, I don't know if there's a, a good break point at, at around issue six to do that or not, but it, that that would have been an idea. But for one movie, pushing three hours, it, you're not going to get that. I think if it maintains the spirit of the book, it, it's going to be it's going to be very good. And that's what I think is important. I think that if you get too concerned uh, about pleasing the fans who aren't going to be happy unless it's panel by panel, then I, I just don't think that's the wise way to make a movie. I think you take, you don't want to go a total opposite direction, but if you take the spirit of the book, like Ken said, and uh, and then just try to make the best film possible to please your average movie-going population, I think that's a good thing. And then, in turn, it could end up getting them to come into reading comics then, at that point, also. And I, yeah, I think everybody always says, oh, just take what's on the comic and put it on the screen, and that, you know, that's the success. And to some degree, I think that's that's good. But you know, if if you take it literally panel by panel, word for word, and throw that up and put it in front of a camera, then why bother? If that's what you want, just read the book. So I think to some degree, you know, there's going to have to be a little license taken. There's going to have to be some things that are changed and tweaked. Um, not not to spoil anything, but I still think that the way the this whole thing ends, if they don't do something to tweak that a little bit. I think most of the public is going to walk out of that theater going, what? You know, what, what, what was that? 
So I'm ho- I'm hoping they do something to kind of tweak that out a little bit to to make it a little more dramatic than than you know kind of how things ended in the book. So I'm, that that's the part that I'm most curious to see how it pans out because everything we've seen so far, the trailer, um, the behind the scenes stuff, any clips that we've seen, it's it's so spot on in my opinion of a translation. It just looks incredible, and and Snyder's got a a good track record so far of 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 translating that and making some changes. I mean, 300 wasn't identical from the movie to the book, so um, it ought to be interesting to see how he he tweaks Watchmen to, to, to make it, you know, to make it better for a broader audience. I would even say, I mean, if you, you know, I mean, I've gone back and I've listened to our, our Watchmen episodes, and how, how long does the typical Who Reads the Watchmen episode come in? Probably like, what, an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes? And I'll, I'll guarantee you that if you look at how we set the episodes up and how we do the talking points and the discussion and everything else, we're talking about the, um, we're talking about the visual story. I'd almost say two to one over the literal story that's on there. Because how many times have we talked about uh, a Gunga Din uh, dinner box that's been in a trash can? Or that the moon looks like the smiley face? Or that the trash can lo- looks like the smiley face? We do more time telling the visual story. I, don't, I'm, don't, I mean, I just think comparatively, you know? So I think all those things are going to be in there. But I also think that Watchmen for us right now is a huge, long experience versus a maybe the three or four day read for some people. I, I think the, all those things are going to be in there. And yeah, they take time for setup, but everything we've been talking about, which I think speaks to the work that Gibbons did, everything that we've been talking about is going to be on screen for a second. And then you can go back on, on your DVD and then you can freeze it and see how this matched up. I mean, heck, you know they're going to have that as a special feature anyway, a panel for panel comparison. They did with 300, you know. I think my biggest right. concern for the whole movie is how how he's going to deal with the Black Freighter and if he's going to deal with the Black Freighter at all. I'm, I'm afraid that that's something that could be cut for time or cut for the edit, but I hope it's addressed in some way. Not only the fact that yeah, it's there. Not, yeah, it's not going to make it to the theatrical cut. I mean, they've, they've said that flat out. Okay. Um, so that, that that's going to be a, a release to DVD. And then I think at some point, supposedly, all that's supposed to be cut back in the film. So probably not the first DVD slash Blu-ray release. After it, it comes out, but probably uh, maybe a year after, or some holiday release, or whenever they think is sufficient to kind of, um, you know, go for that that you know second second release. The, I've heard they're gonna they're gonna weave all that stuff back in and make it one big huge long deal. All right, next question from Mr. Umac again. This question is for Jim. How did you pick the name of your restaurant, and what is the difference between a cafe and a bistro? Okay, well, uh, we picked the name for the restaurant because my training uh, is in Italian and Mediterranean and Eastern European cuisines. Uh, Those are all places that gypsies went. They didn't really have an indigenous cuisine of their own, so they borrowed from wherever uh, they traveled. So, and it gave me a chance to showcase all those abilities. Plus, I'm a huge uh, mystery science theater fan, and the restaurant's all purple. So, and uh, the difference between the cafe and the bistro is about two dollars a plate. (laughs) <laughs> so like do you Good have night, everybody. <laughs> do you have any like uh, special I mean I know you know Dan and I were there and, and Dan's brother was there too um, at, at the Pittsburgh Con but like do you guys have do you have a signature dish do you have I mean the, the things get crazy when restaurant critics are coming around uh, tell me about your life Jim <laughs> okay 
Um, probably our signature dish would have to be um, we make our own uh, sausage, uh, Cevapcici sausage. It's uh, pretty much Serbian street food, uh, but we make it ourselves with uh, uh, we uh, ground uh, beef, lamb, pork, our own seasonings, and uh, make it into meatballs. We also serve it with pasta. It's very popular. Also, our goulash is very much a signature dish. I just on the local PBS station not too long ago demonstrated how to make it, and we've been getting a lot of customers seeing us on TV from that. My life is a lot of 12-hour days, pretty much. much I, you know, doing the, the shopping, doing the prep work, getting everything ready for dinner, making sure my staff is implementing right. Uh, it's a lot of work. My wife and I have been doing it for four and a half years now. So that's awesome. You're, if you've been on WQED, home of Mr. Rogers out there in Pittsburgh, that's excellent, man. Yeah, it was so awesome when we uh, filmed there, actually, the, the little waiting area before we went out to do our demonstration. They had King Friday the 13th's castle on one side. And the other side was XDL's tree. I mean, you could like walk right up and uh, and you know touch them. I was telling Tim the Tiki this on the forums, and I guess he did a um, internship there, so he had the same uh, experience getting to see the neighborhood of make believe in real life. That's pretty sweet. And you know, they also have um, pretty much a scale replica of Mister Rogers' neighborhood. I was telling Murd this um, since he's a Mister Rogers fan. Uh, they have a, a scale replica of neighborhood of make believe at the Monroeville Mall. So that's right next to the Expo yeah. Center, you know, in Monroeville. That's awesome. If I was a kid, psh. also where they shot Dawn of the Dead, the original. Yep. So I was going to read the next question, but it appears um, that the questioner can ask his own question, Mr. Brad Milo. What's up, guys? Hello, hey. Brad. Dude, how are you? We're good. Hey, Brad. Am I this one of the substitute dudes? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are substitute dude. <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be uh, smart aleck boy. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so, did you have a question that you'd like to ask the dudes? Yeah, my question was, why don't I like the Watchmen that much or at all? Well, uh, first, thank you for that ringing endorsement of our Who Reads the Watchmen podcast, Brad. <laughs> hey, okay, let me preface the question by saying that obviously, if you guys weren't doing a good job, Frank and I wouldn't be hosting the show. So you can just bury that. Right there. For paying you for lips in space. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's true, but, you know, you came to us and we agreed. We could have said no. That is true. They could have. Yeah, I guess you got us there. All right, who wants to take this? Why doesn't uh, Brad like Watchmen very much? Let me ask you. Let me me provide the the possible answer. Is it because I'm stupid? Well, I didn't want to say it. But (laughs) (laughs) how I was... How I had put it previously was because it's not written in crayon. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I liked that one. <laughs> and I really can't come up with any other reasons. Uh, I don't think it moves fast enough for you. I think you're like an action movie comic guy. That, you know, that may be part of it. I don't, I don't like to have to think. I like to be told a story and not to have to figure the story out. If you want to say I like to be spoon-fed, then maybe that's the best way to say it. Does that mean I'm stupid or shallow? It might, and I'm not afraid to to admit to that. But I don't. I want to be entertained. I don't want to have to entertain myself. You know what I mean? I I hear you. I had similar feelings like the first time I read through it, but now that these clowns have me digging into it as deep as we are, it's kind of coming around for me. I listen to each and every episode you guys do, and I feel like I know a lot more about the story now that I've listened to you guys, and. Uh, that book, I've read it twice. It's on my to-read pile, but 
it keeps getting pushed back because I'll always look at what's underneath it and I'll go, oh, I think I'd rather read that right now. So I'll push, I'll pull out what's underneath it. So it's always on the top of my stack, but I always peek at what's second in line, and it always seems to lose to whatever's second in line. Well, I, th- I think you're right because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had an hour conversation on the phone about why you don't like Final Crisis either. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and I'm, well, I'm not going to say that you need to be a brainiac. I mean, you do have to know a pretty good amount of backstory to do it. But, I mean, I'm not reading Secret Invasion because I just feel like I've, I missed the bus on that one because I don't even know who Marvel Girl is. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know as far as the secret invasion stuff, Brad. I don't know who's on first and what's on second. You know See, what I mean? That's funny because secret invasion—you don't really need to know anything. You know, the story is about <laughs> who's going to end up being a scroll, not about any history or. I mean, well, that's yeah, I that's perfect for it. it. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that he loves you, but you know, <laughs> Dan and I've been friends for a long time. <laughs> hey, Adam, I'll. I'll... I'll throw back at you that you don't need to know one ounce of backstory to read Watchmen either. There is no backstory. You get it all in the story itself. Right. So, so that well, argument I mean, really doesn't you know, like we, we, saw, we said this last time. Like, I don't think that there is any book on Earth that is new reader friendly. I disagree. Because, because I, call, every, I call BS on that. No, Absolutely. no, no. no because, Absolutely. Look, yeah, each, I call BS on that too because, no. I mean, look at Bone, dude. Ditto. Every book... Is it, it, I'll t- I'll, everything that's written has something from somewhere else into it. There are only a finite number of stories that can be told in this world. I, I know that we like to think that there's imagination and everything else, but there are, is a certain number of, of things that happen. And with each text that there is, each text is so intertextual. And I mean that specifically with Watchmen. Now, if you're looking at a reboot, or if you're looking at a jumping on point, I agree with you there. But, I mean... I don't think that this is designed to be for that kind of like new reader kind of audience either. I mean, this is books 20 years old, and I'm not going to completely gush over it. I mean, I've complained my fair share about Black Freighter stuff and everything else about the book. But I, I just I, – I just, well, I guess this isn't so much about why Brad doesn't like it, but why people that are haters don't like it. Because it's, I don't think it's convoluted. I don't think Final Crisis is convoluted. Either, and I don't think that just because something's complicated means that the author's treating the arbit- the excuse me the audience like junk either. Yeah, well, I think a big part of it is a lot of people are reading it for the first time in the trade form, and it's way more a daunting task. It's ambitious, right? If, if it was coming out issue by issue, and you could sit down and and dedicate some time to each issue, it might not seem so overwhelming. But when you sit down with that book and chapter after chapter is this real heavy stuff, like Brad said, that you have to figure out, you know, as you go, it can get, you know, it can get tough. It can get tedious. Let me ask you this. Do you guys think that the casual comic reader, I have two questions. This is a little impromptu, but it's on topic. Do you think the casual comic reader, the guy that, or the, or the gal that just reads superhero tights and capes comics, would get more enjoyment out of Watchmen, or do you think a critical fan of literature, you know, more classic literature, where there's a lot of symbolism and imagery and stuff like that, would get more, typically would get more enjoyment out of reading Watchmen on, on kind of a first read-through? I'd have to say both, because, I mean, you if you didn't have the capes and tights background, you wouldn't get most of the references that are in Watchmen. 
You see what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's like mm-hmm. Alan Moore bringing literature tools to uh, to the superhero genre. So you need, yeah, you need a background in both of them. But like, okay, what happened? What happened a couple issues ago in Watchmen? Uh, they passed a sign that had the day the Earth stood still, and I think Dan even talked about that. Now I've never seen the day the Earth stood still, and all this literature stuff that I don't think you need. I mean, when like Moore or Gibbons puts in, you know, stuff like Gunga Din or stuff like uh, Prometheus, that's just icing on the cake. That's not the story. That's those are accessories. That's when that's when you put on your earrings and your makeup and your and your jewelry and you go out on the town. That's not the story. So I would keep say your, that keep you That's right. What you do on the weekend is your business, my friend. Okay. It always goes it. back to cross dressing with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad is a perfect example of a you know a, of a tights and cape superhero uh, fan who who doesn't enjoy it. So I mean, I think. You know, and is it taking away if you don't know the references? You know what I mean? Like you're saying you don't have to know them, but if you don't know them, then is it just like another regular story because you're not getting all the nods? Well, but, but the thing is, if you're not, if you don't get it, what I don't understand, and I'm not talking about Brad, why, why, why won't you make it every effort to look stuff up? I mean, and I'm not just talking about Wikipedia. Do you think I remembered off the top of my head the Coleridge stuff, or do you think I remembered the um? Oh geez, everything else that they were talking about in there about uh, the the uh, the new frontiersmen. I mean, there's a certain amount of research that goes into it. Ralph Fletcher, who wrote a book called What a Writer Needs, said that his main point is that what a writer needs to do is research. And I think we understand that that more research this, not, not just to be a reflection of the times, but to be more than a mirror to it. But I don't think you have to get all that stuff to get the story. Like I said, it's just icing on the cake. I mean, I don't get all the references. I mean, half the stuff you guys have, have pointed out to me, I, I was oblivious to. Whether, like, it is a trash can litter or whatever, and it's, or it's more than that. But you know what? Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. So, Brad, basically what you're saying is that you'd rather not have Wikipedia or a, an encyclopedia next to you when you're reading your comics. I'm not the type of reader in general that is willing to go somewhere else for me to get everything out of a book I'm reading. You know, I, I want to, if it's in the book, uh, that's all I, I don't feel like I need to go research so I can understand what I just read. I, I, I shouldn't have to do that. To me, that's a poorly written book if I have to go look up all these other things just so I can understand what's in the book. So if you've never heard of it, it's not important? No, he's not interested in it, though. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, you just can't have it both ways, though. Why not? He can, he can have it both ways. No, I mean as a writer. So so bottom line is, Brad, Watchmen is the fight club of comics for you. <laughs> oh. You know what? I think I couldn't have said it better myself. And there you have it. All right, well, you know what? I think we did enough Watchmen for this free-form episode. <laughs> I think you're right. Every time we're out, they pull you back in. (laughs) Brad, you are welcome to hang out if you'd like. I'm actually in the middle of editing my own show, so I need to to say goodbye. Well, thanks for coming. No problem, man. I'd love to be back on in a couple of weeks, I think, right? Yes, Craven's Last Hunt. We will have Brad Milo of the Half Hour Wasted Podcast as our guest dude. 
Now let me ask you, is Adam, you, Matt, going to be on that show? We don't know. He comes and goes as he pleases. Okay, I do not need an invitation to my own podcast here, dorks, okay? Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I want to, I will be. Okay, Brad? <laughs> I'm just messing with you, brother. I know, man. Take care, man. All right, we'll talk All to right. you guys later. Thanks. Good night, Brad. Good night. See ya. Sorry, I meant our podcast. <laughs> I'm over it. It's really so, mine. So, Adam, I was about to challenge you a little bit more on, on the whole new reader-friendly thing, but the way you explain yourself as far as researching and letting the story be told kind of made up for it a bit, because I was wondering how, how is it that I could enjoy something like Crisis on Infinite Earths with nothing more than my knowledge of the Super Friends cartoon, yet I still enjoyed oh, it. However... I can't. I can. I en- I enjoyed that book so much. It was. It, it told me so much about some of the different heroes. However, there's plenty in that book where I'm like, well, I don't know who that is, but they're apparently they're a hero from this time period, and that's good enough for me for right now. On <laughs> that's why <they're- laughs> on additional <laughs> why reads money. on additional reads five, six, seven years later, after I've read more DC and I've read more comics, I'm like, oh, that's Dawnstar. I know who she is now. I know who this person is. And I get more. I get new stuff out of it I'm on, on subsequent reads. But even that first read, I still enjoyed it thoroughly. Let See, me, I had the opposite here. reaction with the original Crisis because I, could, I didn't understand it. Dan, you still haven't read Crisis. You've refused to read it, haven't you? Screw it! I'm not my, doing it. My, my, point, is, my point is, my point is, with Dan, the 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 top level story that was being told, I understood the sub stories, the subplots, the the little fine details. No, a lot of them were lost to me. Some of them I acknowledged were there. Some I completely missed. But as I learned more of the universe, I picked up more and I learned and I saw different things each time I read it later on. But I still enjoyed the main story being told at the time of my first reading. I, yeah, I'm I agree. You. I'm. I'm the first DC book that I bought, more than just an issue here, issue there kind of thing, which which wasn't even very much. I was a I was a Marvel zombie, and for the most part, I still am. But when I saw Crisis number, I even started with number five. I saw Crisis number five on the shelf at the Walden Books and pulled it off because I thought number one maxi series. I thought it's okay, so it's somewhat limited. Um, so I'm not you know buying into some you know something you know that you know, monthly book, it's going to be here and gone. And it had everybody in it. And I bought issues 5 through 12, and I, you know, I don't remember where I read the first four. And there was, like Ken was saying, a lot of characters, I didn't know who they were, some stuff I didn't quite know what was going on. But I read the whole thing and got through it and, and understood the point of it and, and, you know, understood what they were, you know, what the, you know, what the point of it was. But I enjoyed it very much. And, and again, subsequent readings, knowing what I know now about, about DC more and more, it's it's obviously more enjoyable every time I read it. But but again, I jumped into it almost halfway through, and uh, and didn't have a problem. You know, along the crisis thing, I I read Kingdom Come probably what maybe once a year or so, and I didn't understand the whole generational aspect of that book probably until this year, when I really jumped headfirst into DC's uh, you know uh, backlog of issues. I never got that my first time through, but now that I can see, uh, you know, Alan Scott as Green Lantern and how the Flash is were broken down in Kingdom Come, I'll guarantee that whenever I see the bar scenes where all the villains are or the young superheroes, that now I can pick out um, the child that Nightwing and Starfire had and what exactly her position was versus her parents or uh, Talia and uh, Batman's daughter 
that's on Lex Luthor's side and what that story meant for him and him being kind of in the middle of and then ultimately on the side of his own father, Bruce Wayne, which was pretty interesting. So, I mean, I guess in a lot of cases, when we talk about heavy books, whether it's this or Watchmen or Crisis, is it dense enough that it's not only the same experience but better and there's more for you to take from? I think New Frontier is like that. For all its simplicity in art, I think it's really complex. Yeah, I think it's okay for um, you to get as long as you you understand and enjoy the top level main story on your first read through, then the book's done its job. Anything else is is like you said, icing on the cake. It's there to be enjoyed, and and as you stick with it, then you learn more about the characters, and you read it again, and you're like, oh wow, I didn't I missed that that time. That's what makes those ex, uh, additional read throughs so worthwhile. That's where style comes in, you know. Um, that's how you flex your muscle as a writer too. And I, I, I've read stories that are pretty straightforward that don't have that. And that's not a criteria I have for something to be good either. It just happens to be there. Walking Dead is pretty much all <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Even though there are subplots, but I don't really consider that a roundabout at all. Alright. Enough said. Alright, next question. Based on description only, who has the most boring job? Oof. Not Jim. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I do have the the exciting uh, Food Network stylish job. <laughs> I don't know, but in case you didn't infer from before, I uh, own and operate my own restaurant, so that's pretty uh, uh, not boring, I guess. How about you, Ken? I'm sure you have a more boring job than that. Um, yeah, it's much more boring than that. It's just you know, uh, IT uh, specialists, big company, sit there in front of my computer or go help somebody with their computer all day. That's pretty much my thing. Uh, who's next? Like, so like if the so like if the printer needs toner. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the way we'd say, and this isn't really our job, the way our job should be, but it comes down to if the user, if the thing has a microchip or the person using it thinks it has a microchip, it's my problem. <laughs> Reed, what are you doing? Uh, I work in market research, basically uh, in the grocery sector. I deal with projects to see if just how products are selling. Um, if a company wants to introduce a new product, uh, I get the data together to see if that's a good idea and report back to different big uh, grocery-type companies, soft drink companies, beer companies, things like that. Free samples? Uh, sometimes. It depends on what company it is. What was, what was that one movie where they did a uh, like a taste testing for a new cookie at a grocery store or it was a public taste test and someone sabotaged it and put glass into the dough so everybody was eating broken glass and it just reminded me of that. I can't remember what movie that was. Old boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's more torture than cookies in that movie. <laughs> what about what about you you Mac? Um, I teach eighth grade oh, at a small middle school. Those poor children. <laughs> Those poor children in Maryland. <laughs> There's um, the answer. Heck no. I have hundred and twenty awesome kids that are crazy and make my job different every single day. Uh, it's, it's, you never know what's going to happen. And it's those teachable moments that I love when, um, I just, I just love how kids think. I think it's probably why I haven't grown up myself. I, 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 I'm in love with the idea of how their brains work. Zombies. Uh, John, you're in education too. Yeah. Long story short, I was a high school teacher for seven or eight years and, in my school district, uh, in the town where we are, there is a county jail across the street. 
So technically, if you are a school-age child that gets locked up for gang violence, selling drugs, murder, rape, or anything like that, uh, you are technically in our school district. So you must be schooled. You have rights. So uh, my district looks for crazy people to teach at the jail. So I fit the bill, and uh, I teach criminals and make them smarter to commit better crimes. No, you don't. We, you don't we, know how much sense that makes now about you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> talk about talk about battle royale, sending kids to a violent situation to die. Yeah, I think uh, your class would be my class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should see county jail. But no, we try to. Um, some of them are getting out soon. We try to set them in the right direction and get them like a GED or get them through their school so they can start like their life over again. Some of them are going away for a really long time, and we're just uh, trying to get them some education. But uh, it does get this uh, interesting, that's for sure. So what content, like, do you teach a certain content area? Yeah, or we have a, everything. Are you all in? The G, I'm all in. The, G, G, the GED program is basically like every um, state exam in one test to, to get them an equivalency diploma. Um, they teach, like, a little computer lab in there to give them some skills. Like, some kids you can imagine uh, never touched a mouse or typed or anything like that. Um, some of them are not English speaking, so we're getting them some, uh, you know, some English classes. Uh, there's life skills to teach them how to write a resume, you know, how to dress for an interview, and and things like that. So it's 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 a program that can do a lot of good. You know, there's some guys that are really just bad dudes, but uh, it's pretty cool. It's not boring. It good. Plus, so here's uh, the big question, though. Plus free haircuts. So <laughs> yeah, right, let's let's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this right now. We're going to put this to bed, all right? We had a mullet incident, everyone. Here's the story, all right? Here's the story. We're going we're gonna to put this to bed right now. All right. Facebook is one of these communities where it's like, you know, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, it's kind of like a MySpace, only it's much more tame. You connect with people that you know, and it's based on where you live, what school you went to. So it automatically connects people from the same areas that might have went to school together, blah, blah, blah. So my group of friends, which I was nice enough to let Adam read into, uh, got into like posting old pictures. So I'm 35 years old. So when I was in middle school, it was 1988. And guess what? I had a mullet. So what? All right? So I put my picture of my mullet head up on Facebook, and Adam Reed decided that he was going to overstep the boundaries of Facebook friendship and post my mullet on the comicforums.com. Did you at least wear a uh, Ride the Lightning t-shirt with the sleeves cut off? Um, <laughs> not the day that the photo was taken. But... but uh, I would like everybody to know that Adam Reed is now on friendship probation, and he has been removed from my Facebook account. And until he proves that he is uh, worthy of the responsibility of being a Facebook friend, he will no longer be able to partake in those activities. Thank you. I, I, it wasn't even the mullet that scared me so much as the uh, little like middle school mustache you were working on Dude, there. I'm 13 <laughs> in that. I'm 13. In that picture, I look about 27. He's still growing it. Hey, that, that uh, thread got some play, though. We had a lot of pleased uh, forum members with that thread. I think it brought some uh, publicity to the show. All, all uh, I can say about that is uh, there before the grace of God go I. <laughs> and, and Jim is just jealous because his middle school picture is carved in a cave somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there it is. I just took a bullet for you, Reed. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jim. 
Jim, I've never seen your hair. You've always had a hat on every time I've seen you. Oh, that's because I work around food. Right, but what's underneath there? I mean, do you have like a fro or what? No, I just have uh, hair, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 uh, for a long time, I had a mohawk, like uh, through the eight, uh, early 80s there. I braided it. It was pretty long, but uh, now nice. I just have regular guy hair. <laughs> I did look scary back in the day. Uh, so is that – oh, no, we need to know what Dan does. So what do you do, Dan, besides crack jokes at UMAC? Well, that's my full-time job. Uh, <laughs> it's like a paid internship. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a graphic designer and a general man about town. Um, <laughs> He's a dandy. Yeah, um, I do, do a lot of I do, uh, <laughs> I do a lot of corporate, um, out. <laughs> I do a lot of corporate um, PowerPoint design and just stuff like that. Basically, anything I can get my hands on. So. Also, barbecue enthusiast. <laughs> and hypnotist. <laughs> We're going to go back to that That's place. That's why he's good with the ladies. <laughs> you guys must have been saving the best for last. So, My, uh, my actual job title is business analyst four for the state of Texas. And the winner is? It doesn't get more boring than that, my friend. <laughs> I work in the accounting department for the Department of Aged and Disabled Services. So I make sure that if there's any hiccups and people, um, needy folks, uh, getting their payments, that um, we figure out what you know what happened. My job can best be described sometimes. Half the time is you guys have seen Office Space, right? Yes, of course. Yes. Never working in an office because of that. Yes. Okay. You know what's that guy's name? I think the actor's name is Richard. Richard or whatever, the guy that he, when when he gets questioned by the Bobs as to what his job is, he explains how he talks to I, I people skills and, specif- and gets specifications and then gives them the programmer so they implement, and then they, you know, they ask him why the, you know, the, the, the folks don't just go straight to the programmers and he gets all flustered. Half the time, that's, that's literally what my job is, is I'm like an intermediary between people that can actually fix stuff and people that find out that the stuff is broken. And, and the other half of the time, I play around with databases and spreadsheets for days on end. Can you um, repeat that? I just fell asleep for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm sorry. Did I miss something? Or I nodded off. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah. After uh, after 12 years in the small software industry, where the job the job was a little bit a little bit more exciting because it had to do with software development and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. After the so not exciting kind of, at all then. Yeah. So much more. So much more. Trust me, compared to what I'm doing now, it definitely was more exciting. Um, but after consolidations and buyouts, Disney World. <laughs> yeah, and layoffs, I decided, you know what? I just want to work until I can actually retire with a with a check and sit on the porch and do nothing. <laughs> so, in 22 years, I'll be able to retire with some sort of pension. Not bad. Maybe. So when it, I'd say it's a dead heat between uh, Reed and Russ. Yeah, it's yeah. The most boring job. Yeah. All right, dudes. I think next on the agenda, we have some uh, rapid-fire questioning that Jim is going to run by us. What do you say, Jim? Sounds good, dude. I got the questions right here, and it's just... Very simple, uh, yes, you know, one choice or another questions, and I'm just going to go through them as quickly as I can. We'll go around and see what everyone says, okay? 
Sounds good. Uh, first one is Star Wars, Star Trek, or Lord of the Rings. I say Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings also. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Trek. Oh, my God. Oh. Star, Star Wars oh, wins. Star Wars wins. Kirk or Picard? Kirk. 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 Picard. Picard. I, who's Picard? Next generation. <laughs> so Kirk for John. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk wins. Kirk for me as well. Okay. Xena or Buffy? I say Xena. Only by about a millimeter. <laughs> I I don't no vote. There's a Buffy. lot more difference than a millimeter between Xena and Buffy. I guarantee that. Yeah, so is that a vote for Conan, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Beastmaster. <laughs> I'm going with Buffy. Xena. Uh, can I, can I vote Gabrielle? <laughs> I, I was going to vote Willow, but. <laughs> Buffy for sure. I'm doing a write-in for Red Sonia. <laughs> okay. Favorite superhero and supervillain of all time. Okay, my favorite superhero is Ben Grimm, the thing. And my super- favorite supervillain is Doctor Doom. Uh, superhero would be Batman, villain, Sinestro. Now, wait uh, a minute. That's... Your favorite supervillain of all time is Sinestro. Oh my God! How how could you argue with me? Well, 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 my would you let me finish? Would you let me finish? No. How could you Did argue with me? my favorite. How could you do that? Did this happen before the Sinestro Corps War, yes. or because of? Before, like years before. Okay. <laughs> oh God, I hate you. <laughs> <clears throat> I have a. Uh... Superhero Superman and uh, Adam, I got your back. Uh, villain Sinestro. Nice. Suck up. <laughs> my favorite superhero of all time is Wolverine, and my favorite supervillain is Darth Vader. Uh, superhero is going to be Spider Man, and supervillain, I can't even think of who my favorite would be. <laughs> I have no answer. Sinestro. Didn't you just do this on your uh, podcast, Ken? I, I, we did a top five, and we didn't really uh, kind of rank them so much. So, well, I'm, Ken, while you're thinking, Reed, how come you didn't pick Batman? That's like I thought. That's why we did Batman Year One. I, I had it between Superman, Batman, Captain America, oh. and I don't know. I just went with. Don't you have like Batman footy pajamas? <laughs> My son does. <laughs> does that count? That's a yes. <laughs> My jokes do not include people's children. <laughs> well, what, what is it, Ken? What do you say? Okay, got time it down to one. I'm gonna have to go with um, just Luther. Like Luther. I thought you meant Luther Vandross. Yeah, <laughs> my he is pretty sinister. <laughs> <laughs> my real favorite superhero of all time is is Batman, um, but that's really boring. And since everyone's going new school with Sinestro, because I know that doesn't really date back, uh, I'm going to oh, yeah, go... Yeah, he's really new, John. Oh, he's brand new on the scene. I wonder what, he'll, what kind of crazy <laughs> adventures he'll get up to. You def- he's not your favorite from the Super Friends cartoon, dude. Yes, he is, dork. Oh. Okay, anyway. 
So my yeah. my new favorite hero now is Daredevil. He's really what brought me back into comics this time around, like five years ago, or whatever. Daredevil rocks. But I'm going with the Joker for the villain because he's just he's the he's the villain. Oh yeah, that's not cliched at all. Good choice. Listen, I'm being honest. All right, I'm not trying to seem. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm here. I tell everybody I had a mullet. All right, the, every the door's open. I'm not going to try to sound. You know, this is it. The oh, Joker's you're so much more. You're so much more real to the audience because of that too. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh come on, John. Everyone knows you're just picking it because of Dark Knight. <laughs> you guys, I have the lamest podcast team ever. <laughs> hey. I haven't gone problem. yet. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Say, don't don't um, lock me in with you, Mac. I'm gonna have to go with Batman. Favorite villain though has to be the Red Skull. Dude, tell them about that statue you got at Baltimore. Yeah, I got the. Uh, oh, what is it? The sideshow, like super awesome one with the cloth clothing and everything. I had to, I had it sitting on my desk. It was facing me. I had to turn it around. It was kind of creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, give us another question so we can kill each other. Okay, uh, PS3 or Xbox 360? I rock the 360 myself. 360. 360. PS3. I've got them both, but 360. PS3. 360. Simpsons or Family Guy? Ooh. <laughs> How is that even a contest? Go ahead, Jim. I have to go Simpsons. Simpsons. Family Guy. Simpsons. Family Guy. You, Mac, what did you say? <laughs> um, the opposite of you. Uh, I'm going Simpsons. I'm going to have to say Simpsons. I don't know, Simpsons like mid-90s. <laughs> yeah, the longevity really puts it over the top. See, that's why I didn't pick Star Wars, because of the prequel nonsense. Watch it now. Watch it. There's more. There's more Star Wars than just those six films. Well, I don't think I should have to be researching while I'm. Wa- oh, all right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this kind of leads into that question: Who do you consider the most attractive woman on the planet right now? Oof. I would. I would say Monica Bellucci, personally. My lovely fiance Jamie, who's listening. And then. <laughs> and then, okay, Gina Davis. There you go. Uh, I went with Scarlett Johansson. Man, this is such a tough one. I've I've agonized over this one. <laughs> I seriously. Does he so have a mullet? Many, Did you think a lot yeah. about it by yourself? <laughs> that's that's a that's a topic for another discussion. Um, <laughs> topic for another podcast. Yeah, yeah that, that too. Um, I would probably say it's between Elijah Dushku. And oh, what's her name? I can't even think of her name now. From uh, from the first Hulk and career opportunities. Conley. Oh. So what are you hanging out? Hanging out with Buzz? Jennifer Conley. Thank yeah, you Jennifer very much. Conley. Dark City. Yeah. for a dream. Big big toss up between those two. Okay. My answer for this has always been Alyssa Milano, but for right now, I mean, she's getting on in years, so I got to change that up. I'm going to stick with her for now, Alyssa Milano. I am. I have a. I have a tie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just cannot decide. Um, Stacy Keebler. Oh, bro. wrestling! Oh, brother! Listen, she's. It's not. I'm not a wrestling fan anymore. But that Dancing with the Stars season. Come on. 
You should watch uh, Dancing with the great. Stars. You watch Dancing with the you Stars? Watch that? My grandma watches that show, dude. <laughs> when, You're no longer when, allowed to listen to Metallica. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell all you something right now. When Stacy Keebler, Keebler was on it, you straight I watched it. More like Cloris Leachman. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Are you kidding? I started listening to the, I started listening to country music when Sarah Evans was on. Can I say my other girl now? I was gonna say your chat. <laughs> um, Anna Kornikova. Yeah. Right. That's tennis, Adam. <laughs> wow, tennis and dancing. You're a real hardcore there, John. <laughs> I, real guy's guy. <laughs> I am totally fine with my masculinity, <laughs> and I don't need you guys to verify it for me. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with Laura Prepon. I don't even know who that is. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. one. That's, that's a good one. Show. Yeah, she nice played Donna on that 70s show. I have a thing for Amazonian women, so what can I say? <laughs> She's like super tall and blonde. <laughs> did, did you see that forum, uh, that post I did about AmazonCon last week? There's a convention uh, in like California for Amazon women and the men who love them. So Dan, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm there. I'll post that in the show notes. <laughs> it's either her or Rachel Maddow. I have a kind of a thing for Rachel Maddow. Yeah, well, I got I, bad news for you if you're a Rachel cute. Maddow fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. hey, listen, I already know about that part, but a man can dream. That's okay. <laughs> no, it's just she's an activist for alternative lifestyles. She's pretty awesome too, but uh, still, dinner. I, I mean, that I can hurt. change her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite TV show of all time? Mine is uh, Mystery Science Theater. Uh, I would say Homicide or The Wire. I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Heroes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. This game, this we don't that, have to beat him to death. <laughs> yeah. This is one for me that kind of changes with the times. You know, I, I always say, oh, this is my favorite show ever. But I would say the one show that, that throughout its its life that I was that I just loved pretty much every moment of was Quantum Leap. Um, for me, God. I'm just thinking of all the DVDs I have, which one I've watched the most, and it's, it's dying down. You know, I'm going to go with, uh, with Angel. Really? Yeah. That really, like that. Trumps John, that really trumps uh, John's Designing Women pick. <laughs> I like that show. <laughs> I really, I I really get into it. Well, I have a rapid-fire rapid one after, 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 after this one that's relevant to this topic. I need to take back mine, by the way, too, because I just saw something I like better. Oh, man. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, Firefly fan. Okay. So I'm going to take my heroes back after being... <laughs> Thrown on the bus by John there. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say Will and Grace, but I was afraid you guys to say. Hey, that's a good show. <laughs> no, mine is Seinfeld, no doubt about it. Good. I'm going to have to say Arrested Development. Oh, we should do drama and comedy. Then I, oh, man. I, I, okay, what I, was I, your follow-up, uh, Russell? My follow-up is, what is the? What do you think the best thing ever put on television is? Not not series, but anything. Movie of the week, miniseries, whatever. What do you think the best thing ever put on television is? I'd still have to go with Mystery Science Theater. I'm sorry, man. I watch it at least like every other day or every day. It's like my favorite show. I have almost every episode on on DVD or tape. I'm I'm a huge fanatic. They have a box set coming out, don't they, Jim? Yeah, 20th anniversary. Uh, I think it's coming out uh, next week. 
Hopefully, uh, Santa um, will bring it for me. I would have to say either Alex Haley's Roots or The Sopranos. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Band of Brothers. Oh, he stole it. That, that's what Jeez. I was going to say, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers, I think, was the, is the best thing ever put on television. That, that series just completely and utterly blew me away. It, it made, to me, I love Saving Private Ryan, and I mean, I know there's a lot of similarities there, but to me, that it just blew away. The intensity and everything just blew away uh, Saving Private Ryan for me. It was just incredible. I'm going with uh, another Tom Hanks project, uh, From the Earth to the Moon. Nice. That was, uh, every second of that I watched, I loved it. Well, I don't want to steal anybody's pick, but I'm going with uh, Howard Stern's Butt Bongo Fiesta from, <laughs> <laughs> from pay-per-view circa 1988, 89, right around when I had the mullet. What was his, what was his TV show? Oh, well, oh um, not the Son of the Beach one. That's right? the one. No, that's the one. Son of the Son of the oh, Beach. Yeah, yeah, Son of the Beach was really good too. <laughs> it's a toss-up between Band of Brothers and Fraggle Rock. Oh, that's good. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go Fraggle Rock just to be different. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say the um, the final episode of Mash, but uh, you reminded me when you said Banner Brothers of the of From the Earth to the Moon. The final Mash is like the highest rated show of all time, right? Yeah. It's, yep. it's, yeah. Yeah. But that was just great, especially the fi- the last scene when Hawkeye's <sighs> flying away. If they could somehow merge Fraggle Rock and Band of Brothers together, though. That would be great. That's got, that's got a YouTube video just waiting to happen, written all over it. <laughs> Boober takes a bullet right through the head. <laughs> Cuts a Muppets the doozers, in. They took out the doozers, man. Cuts a Muppets into the opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan. Oh, uh, Jesus. I'll don't ask him for help. <laughs> all right, Jim, okay. what do you say? Uh, do you DC, Marvel, or Indie? I say DC of the three. Uh, DC. DC. Marvel. Can't believe how it's changed over time for me, but DC. Marvel. I'm going to go with Marvel, just because I was more of a fan of theirs when I was a kid. I like DC better now. Well, since we're talking about comics, uh, what comics do you get every month, and what magazines do you subscribe to? Now, I don't get comics every month because I'm pretty much a wait for the trade guy, but I do subscribe to Comic Buyer's Guide. I subscribe to Wizard. Yes, I know. I'm terrible. Uh, Electronic Games Monthly, uh, Game Informer, and Official Xbox Magazine. I only get two floppies each month. I get Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core. And uh, um, but I, I'd normally wait for the trades. But the latest thing that I read was the Bendis Daredevil Omnibus, which was crazy. Dan, I'll give us that. I'll get that to you next weekend to borrow. Uh, as much as I like uh, what Brubaker did with Captain America, right now I just finished reading the uh, Bendis Daredevil Omnibus. Which was pretty ridiculous. So um, I'm. I, I never thought that I'd read a good Captain America story, but I read the Brewbreaker run, and I never thought I'd read a good Daredevil story, uh, just on premise alone. And uh, Bendis killed it. And I know this is a couple years that it's been out since, but uh, pretty amazing. I've got that on order. So I, I was just going to say I just finished. Uh, I just caught up with the Brewbreaker run in trades. So. Excellent stuff. I, I am. I was waiting for you know one long story arc to to read it all, and uh, I'm glad I did. Great reboot. I borrowed a Winter Soldier from Dan, and you know he asked me, well, uh, you know, what'd you think of it? And I said, well, it was the best Captain America story I've ever read. I, um, but uh, Ultimates is a pretty close second, I would say. Um, I don't. 
I don't subscribe or I don't get any monthlies. I'm wait for the trade uh, totally, and I don't have any magazine subscriptions either. So uh, as far as what I've read lately, uh, I just finished up uh, a, a pretty new story. Uh, I just finished up uh, the first volume of Leo Extraordinary Gentleman. So uh, got that uh, right out of the way real quick once that came out. <laughs> and uh, I also just finished up the first volume of Ultimate Spider-Man. So those were both really good. I get a ridiculous amount of books monthly. I probably get probably 40 to 55 or so books monthly. I would get one of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I pretty much, I stick a lot with the X-Men. Um, so I pretty much get every X book out there. And although I have stopped getting a lot of the, uh, the ridiculous one shots they put out there, um, just because I think they're trying to milk everybody and, it you know just another three ninety nine book and I'm just trying to vote with my dollar or not vote with my dollar as 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 it goes but I get a lot of the ultimate stuff um, Spider Man X Men whatever event they got going on I started to get back into um, the Superman books um, Cap it's probably about it like I said heavily weighted on on the X book side of things and then some of the I started to kind of branch out a little more into the indie stuff. I've started to get a lot more of the indie stuff in trades, so a lot of the like Walking Dead and Dynamo Five and and uh, stuff like that. Start picking up absolutes. That's a that's a bad habit to to get into. A real bad habit, but it's so hard not to. And then uh, magazine wise, I get um, really just Game Informer and then Comics Now. When it comes out, I start picking that up. I kind of abandoned Wizard a while back. Well, I really want want to start waiting for the trade and do some of that, but I just like I, I, I like my monthlies too much. I like that episodic nature of comics and just getting the next story. It, it'd be difficult for me to make that transition. I, I don't know how I could make it. I'm doing it on some stuff, but monthly I'm getting Superman, Action Comics, you know, the Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Teen Titans, Booster Gold, Amazing Spider-Man, Captain America, and Thor. Um, I'm getting like a lot of the Avenger stuff I'm reading now, mainly because of uh, Secret Invasion. I don't know what I'm going to do after that's over, if I'm going to stick with some of them or not. And I've been reading more of the Star Wars comics now with uh, this uh, Vector storyline they've been doing all year. That's been... Oh, how can I forget? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And that's been really I good. Get every, yeah, I get every Star Wars comic out there. Yeah, and that's been really good. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be sticking with Legacy. I'm going to go back and get uh, the trades to get me caught up on that. I'll probably just stick with that one in trades uh, to see how that goes. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there for, for Star Wars. Both old stuff and, and new stuff coming out. I'm down to six monthly books. Daredevil, New Avengers, Mighty Avengers, Thor, Immortal Iron Fist, and Batman. That's all I get per month. I just dropped a bunch of monthlies, and I went to the trade on um, Walking Dead. I went to the trade, Invincible. I went to the trade, all the hardcovers, I should say, and uh, Booster Gold. I'm going to do the hardcovers, too. Anybody else reading Iron Fist? Yeah, I'm reading that. Iron it's, Fist has been pretty good. I'm through the second trade. It's it's terrific. Yeah, it feels like an old kung fu movie. Yeah, definitely, especially the to, second one. I need to go back and get those those hardcovers because I, I hear everybody talking about it. No, I get I get um, Captain America, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Walking Dead, The Boys, um. 
and Justice Society. <laughs> the boys. Uh, oh, man. That's right up there with Old Boy. Do you read that and watch I, Old Boy at the same time? <laughs> I just read The Boys. I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed that, man. Yeah, I got I, I kind of got lost through the second story arc. It got a little weird, but... um. Oh, a oh, a little. <laughs> it got a little weird. <laughs> well, it's it just I think I, they just they kind of lost me. They started they went in like a completely different direction and then came back. It just kind of was a little off, but um, but yeah, um, and Justice Society. I just dropped Justice League because I can't stand that anymore, dude. Justice League. What is okay? They've had how many issues since Meltzer? Right, I don't think anybody's going to argue that the Tornado Saga should have been like about four issues, if any at all. But after that, then they did one story arc instead of two. Oh God! And and then they did the Lightning Saga, which I mean, whatever. And then after that, they did the Injustice League, which was disbanded the next week when Salvation Run came out. And then after that, then they did a whole Sanctuary storyline. Which led into Salvation Run after it already happened. And then at that point, well, with Injustice League and the Wedding Special, McDuffie took over. And then they did the Tangent uh, Universe issue. And then what have they done after that? They just redid basically the Red Tornado storyline again. Oh, my God. You know what? It sucked. I dropped it. You know what? I, I'll, and I'll say this. Justice League is still DC's bestseller. But how dare you give us anything less than your very best on that book? How dare you give us anything less than your very best? It's been an advertisement for trades or crossovers that have little to no consequence. Is Dwayne no, McDuffie still writing that? By the grace of God, evidently, he's getting that paycheck. And that's one thing I have to say for Marvel. The Avengers right now really is their, their best for their flagship books. The New Avengers and Mighty Avengers have been awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you got Bendis at Marvel. You got Johns or at DC. I mean, they're the top two top writers on each team. I just thought after being the head writer on you know Justice League Unlimited that uh, McDuffie would do a really bang up job, but uh, I guess it's not the case. I've been liking. Yeah, you would think that. I said, I've been liking the the, the, the storyline they've been going on with uh, with uh, with Vixen and uh, and Animal Man. They've been exploring that. You know, I've been enjoying that. And this last issue, twenty five, I really I actually liked. John, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but has anybody else been reading Old Man Logan? Oh, yeah. Old Man Logan's been really cool. Top-notch. Top-notch. I guess just rushing on. Yeah, it's kind of like Wolverine the End, I guess, right? Or, well, we don't know if it's how he dies, but it's set in the future, kind of like an apocalyptic-type setting. Yeah, and, and, but, and unlike Wolverine the End, this one's actually really, really, really good. Um but yeah, it's, it's that future timeline. There's a lot of cool. It, it's it's just really good. I mean, the you know the the timeline takes in the Earth is or the the, the country's been divided up into sectors that all coordinate with uh, with villains. So like the Kingpin has a section. The Hulk, you know, the the the, the offspring of the Hulk have a section, and I forget I forget what the other ones are. But you know, basically, it's like it's like an old old Logan and a really really old Hawkeye. Um, Kind of like a road show where they're just literally going from one end of the country to the other in search of something and, you know, all the stuff they come across. And there's the whole story of, you know, why Wolverine is, you know, he's basically almost become like a pacifist. And, you know, the, you, they don't tell you why yet, but it's like, I think it's like an eight issue series. Yeah, it's something like that. Total. Yeah. And it's, it's supposed to cross over into Miller's run on 
FF and then what he's doing in, the, in that 1985 series. So it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. But it's just the art is is just really really good, and the uh, and and the story is just excellent. I mean, it's just really good. Miller Miller just has it for Wolverine. I mean, he just really does a good job. I don't know if you guys read the Enemy of the State stuff, but uh, definitely. But that was that was really really good too. So he's 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 two for two so far, at least in recent days with, with Wolverine. So if, you, if you're not getting that, I highly recommend picking it up. They've, they've gone to second printings on most of those books too because they've, they've just been selling like hotcakes. So Hulk is a villain in this story. His descendants. Oh, I was going to say, Dan, that sketch you got uh, <laughs> in your villains book. Yeah, I was I was holding out hope for there for a second, but I guess yeah. Sounds like Hulk will be the villain of the Avengers movie. Yeah, that's what they're they're leaning towards. I kind of figured that's what? how they're going to use the bringing together the way the way they did the scene the the closing scene in Hulk, you know, with uh, with Tony approaching Ross. Uh, it just seemed to make sense. I mean, he's the like the team will come together to go to go with the Hulk. Now, if that's going to be the whole movie, or if that'll just be the genesis of the the team, I don't know. But it well, makes didn't sense. Edward Norton say that? Didn't Edward Norton say that he's not going to do the Hulk again? They don't need him. You just need the Hulk. That's all CG. All right. Can we do that with John? All CG. <laughs> Please. I can get a really big mullet with CG. <laughs> I think that's what Dan's working on, right? <laughs> CG mullet. Oh, CG Christ. Mullet. Okay, uh, real quick, a few more questions here for the dudes. What is the absolute coolest item in your geek collection? Well, mine uh, was a wedding gift I got last year at my wedding. Uh, my friend Joe Wos got me an original pay, uh, Jack Kirby page um, autographed by Kirby. Wow. wow. Freaking, I know, I know, <laughs> believe me. What um what's what's it a page from? What what what's it a page from? It's it's from Kirby's seventies uh, run on Captain America. Okay, wow. does it have Red Skull on it? No, it's a, it's a flashback of Cap and Bucky actually. Oh good, because I was gonna have to kill you and take that if you said Red Skull was on it. <laughs> no, there are there are some really villainous looking Nazis. One had a monocle, but uh. Uh, oh, I still might have to kill you then, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to try, pal. I'm pretty good with a knife. <laughs> um, I would have to. I don't know. I I uh, would have to say probably my one Darwin Cook page from Batman the Spirit, with all the villains, or probably my Final Crisis page with the first appearance of Libra on it. It's just. I mean, I know Final Crisis just came out, but I just loved uh, uh, Jeff Jones's work. I mean, his pencils and inks are amazing. Um, I, I really, you know, I, I really like both of those. Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything uh, too exciting. I don't have any pages or anything. So uh, I'd say as far as things I like that I have, I have a, a pretty sweet uh, Lego Batplane. That's pretty cool. And uh, I only have one absolute that's uh, a new frontier, and I really like that a lot, but nothing too terribly exciting. No, that's a good thing to have in the collection, though. That new Frontier absolute's ridiculous. I kind of along that the same vein. I've got um, probably the biggest thing. I've got the Lego Star Destroyer, like the big like, oh. eight hundred <laughs> Lego, Lego deal. Sweet. Um, that was pretty cool. And then uh, again with the absolute stuff, I I I, I don't have to go through read. Like my bet, my favorite absolute has got to be New Frontier. It's just it. As good as the absolutes are, that one is by far just 
I, now I haven't I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen the Crisis one. Um, I don't have that one or the JLA Avengers one, but the the new Frontier one is just it's just it just it's the best of the bunch. Crisis one's pretty good, but I agree with you. Yeah, I've I've got a lot of miscellaneous Star Wars. I'm kind of a Star Wars junkie, so I've got tons and tons of just random miscellaneous Star Wars stuff over time. I've got all the original movie posters, um, stuff like that. So, well, actually, my my thing is is a uh, a Star Wars item as well. It's it just came out recently. It's that new uh, from Dark Horse, Luke Skywalker: Last Hope for the Galaxy, hardbound. Uh, this thing is is gorgeous. It's, it's that is that is awesome. Definitely, I saw that. That's beautiful. Is, what is it? What is it? It is 800 pages of all the most important Luke Skywalker stories ever published, either in comics or like the newspaper strips are in here. You know, just looking through some of the list in here randomly, you have uh, Luke Skywalker's Walkabout, the Day After the Death Star, the Return of Ben Kenobi, some stories from uh, from Dark Empire, from uh, from Legacy. I think no, no Legacy is no Legacy in here. Uh, it's it's inside the the cover is titled Star Wars Luke Skywalker The Last Hope for the Galaxy The Greatest Comic Stories of the Galaxy's Greatest Hero from Tatooine to Dark Empire and Beyond. It's it's like if you've ever seen like if you know what I mean if you know what I mean when I say like a family Bible, like the kind of old heavy Bible that like gets passed down from generation to generation. I mean that's oh, the well, kind of craftsmanship that's put into this thing. It's it's just huge. Well, Dan uses the Necronomicon, so you might. <laughs> there, there you go. It's it's like that then. And uh, comes I, to slipcase. I, There's one little issue with it that I haven't heard if they're going to address this or not, because there hasn't been a lot of chatter on the boards on some message boards about it. In the uh, the day after after the Death Star storyline, you've got one page, page forty nine and fifty. The two sides of the of the pages are reversed. <laughs> There's one little issue within the printing. Huh. It's like it, the other 800 pages are fine. So if that one is all that's the problem is, maybe it's okay. But I haven't heard Dark Horse do anything to address that. But it's it's just great. I just love it. I've been reading it and enjoying it. I came so close to, to ordering that through DCBS, and I'm so after you you gushed about it, I'm so regretful that I didn't. So and I would have been I'll the same wait. way. I would have been the same way if I hadn't done it. But when I saw what the price yeah. was with the discount, I was like you know what? On one hand, it's 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 like it's 50 bucks. But on the other hand. It, it's only fifty bucks. I gotta. It's really yeah. great, though. It's, and I, I started looking through that too, and I was like, you know, it'd be nice to have it bound in one nice looking edition. But I had like, I, I mean, next to the X Men stuff, my next biggest chunk of my collection is is uh, is the Star Wars stuff. So between between the X Men books and the Star Wars books, that's probably like sixty percent of my entire, you know, almost five thousand comic book collection. And I was oh, like, do I really need something that you know has it reprinted? And then I saw it at the store, and I was like. You dummy! You should have you should have pre-ordered it. Do you have a comic room, Russ? No, no, not really. Um, but I've got twenty drawer boxes stacked up, and I need to go to number twenty-one because I'm 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 about out of space. So you have a guest house. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. I got yeah. twenty acres, so uh, so I got plenty of room to, to grow. Sweet. I don't really have anything cool. Um, I'm not much of a collector. I sell back a lot of my stuff to buy more new stuff, and now I'm obsessing over Blu-rays, so that's taking over the collection end of things. I do have a um, a Freddie Williams Flash cover, and it's a giant splash of Flash fighting Gorilla Grodd. That's probably my favorite piece. I really don't have any other pages. That's probably... 
my coolest thing. You bought that from Freddie pretty quick, too. That's, just, that's like almost as soon as the issue came out, too. When he got on Flash, I started paying real close attention to his website. Yeah. Uh, because I like his style, and I like the Flash, and, um, you know, he's kind of a friend of the forum type guy, and, uh, you know, a nice guy yeah. and everything, and he's been on Half Hour Wasted, he's been on all the shows and everything, and uh, when that cover popped up, I jumped right on it. I wonder um, if the page he did with the Half Hour Wasted um, letters in it, if he drew that, or if he did that on um, Photoshop, or Illustrator, whenever he was drawing it. Yeah, I think it is digital, I had asked him about that. He's he's like ninety nine percent digital now. He'll just pick one right. or two pages every issue, so that he can you know draw those and sell them for the original art and supplement. Yeah, his right, uh, right. his stuff goes with pretty good regularity. He had a full page Aquaman Black Mana splash on there. I just didn't have the fundage at the time, but uh, right. for his quote unquote downhill that the story of about Flash went. Uh, just from fandom, I mean that was not had a, that had nothing to do with Freddy because uh, that's when I started buying the book monthly because his yeah, art is awesome no joke yeah i was just starting to enjoy the flash again and i just dropped it again i mean there's like killer bees and stuff now i don't know they lost me it's the wu-tang clan <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> <laughs> who are we up to here dan you got any cool is, that, things? is it my turn oh yeah yep. Yep. um it's got a, it's between my uh new frontier page i've got the page where Captain Cold busts into the nightclub. I hate you. Oh, man. <laughs> or uh, my uh, sideshow premium format Red Skull figure. <laughs> As per mentioned. Wait, oh, what, yes. about, what about your lantern? Tell me about your lantern. Oh, yeah. I have a, um, I have a Green Lantern signed by Martin O'Dell, the uh, creator of Green Lantern. No, wait. It's an, actually a lantern that Martin O'Dell painted, though. Wow. Yeah, he, yeah. Got, he got a bunch of lanterns and painted them green. Yeah, he was selling them at Pittsburgh Comic Con a few years ago. I remember. Yeah, that's where I got it from. I think it was like it was like two, maybe two years before he died. That sounds about right. I think that's probably about four or five years ago. Plus, you have your awesome Sal Buscema sketches. You have like a secret treasure trove. Oh, actually, over there, <laughs> and none <laughs> of you will ever it. get it. <laughs> it's all mine. It's- that's keep why we always go to McDonald's whenever we hang out. Just keep eating that, Dan. You'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, you got a sketch of what? Spidey and Goblin. Yeah, I got a, I got a sketch of Spider-Man from him when I was... Oh. What was what? 89? I would have been 6, I guess. Um, and I just got one a sketch of Green Goblin from him at the last Pittsburgh Con to go with it. So, like 15 years those. apart. <laughs> you gotta frame those, man. Okay. Um, just a couple more questions, right? Sure. And, uh, we'll call it call it an evening. Iron Man or Dark Knight on movies? I have to go with Dark Knight on that one. They're both Dark great, Knight. though. Same. Dark Knight. Man, this is so hard. I, ultimately, I got to give it to the Dark Knight, but you know, to- just two totally different movies. I mean. It's it, it, you know one is 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 great at the you know the fun light stuff, and the other one is just you know you can take out if you took Iron Man out of the movie Iron Man, you wouldn't have really a movie. If you took Batman out of the Dark Knight, I think you'd still have a good movie. Um, 
you know, just just the way it was done. But yeah, I but, ultimately they're gonna give it up to Dark Knight. But if you took Batman out, who would fight the Joker, Russ? <laughs> I'm gonna go with the uh, with the Dark Knight. I'm gonna give it to the Dark Knight, but I just watched that Iron Man Blu-ray again, and that's just a heck of a lot of fun. That movie. I think Russ hit it on the head. They're so totally different. I'll, I'll give it a Dark Knight. Yeah, I got to go with Dark Knight too. But Iron Man was pretty sweet. And since we're on movies, I want to throw in this one last question. Okay, you ready? RoboCop, great movie or greatest movie? <laughs> I'm going to abstain. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the RoboCop. I'm sorry. Oh. Robo Mullet. He's out of the club. Yeah, I guess so. I get when I go to for a Peter Weller movie, I go to Buckaroo Banzai. You know? There you go. Um, I will vote for the RoboCop movie that had the melting guy in the toxic waste. Awesome. That would be one. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say great movie as well. Um, any movie with my my hero Red Foreman. Um, <laughs> Cannot, you can't go wrong with I was going to say that, too. Yeah, great movie. I don't think I need to answer. Dan? <laughs> I'm going to go with great movie. <laughs> it really is. So how? why Why is it that everything on Blu-ray, Blu-ray is amazing? Because I won't buy Blu-ray because I have everything on regular DVD. Sell it and buy Blu-ray. Yeah, oh, you don't know what you're missing. Why? You have if you haven't seen it, you can't you can't you can't be no no one can be told what Blu-ray is. It has to be seen. You have to see it for yourself. Are well, you, that's like religion, but that doesn't really help me though. <laughs> Adam, are you are you set up with an HD TV and like do you get HD TV cable and stuff or yep. are you you do? Mm-hmm. All right, so you can definitely appreciate like CBS in HD against regular CBS. Totally. Right. Same so thing. It's even better, though, because TV is only 1080i and Blu-ray is 1080p, so it's even clearer than your HD channels. But I have taken such a long time assembling this DVD collection together. Why Destroy it on eBay in 30 (laughs) seconds and buy Blu-rays. But then I have to buy a Blu-ray player. You can sell it to me, dude. That's PS3 you've been looking at. How How many discs do you have, John? Do I have to answer this? I don't know, 103. Well, okay, what? <laughs> okay, you, okay, no, you will never, you will never criticize me about buying a comic page again. Listen, you can't, even compa- you can't even compare it because... No, oh, I can. I can and get I, six Blu-rays for one of your dumb pages of Captain Cold. Okay, I don't have to have a special viewing box to look at a page, but it's right in front of my face. It's not in 1080p, though. <laughs> 103 DVDs. Well, this is You're lying. Let's be fair though because I've had a PS3 for several years, so I've been way ahead of the curve in Blu-ray, but um it really makes movies that I love like brand new movies. And some movies that I don't even like, I I like them now in <laughs> on Blu-ray. But what if they were shot on film anyway? I mean, that's, that's, they, that's no, that's good. That's actually better because film has even more more than more than 1080 lines of resolution. I mean, you're really getting butchered on DVD when you're talking about film. Right. I did right. see First Blood on Blu-ray. It is pretty sweet. Yeah, well, like but it was Runner? First Blood. I mean, you can't get better than First Blood. So. <laughs> Blade Runner is ridiculous. Yeah, Blade. As far as transfers go. 
I mean, Blade Runner is, I mean, it, how, how do I put this? To some, there's a common misconception when it comes to Blu-ray and older flicks. Older movies were, you know, the film quality, you know, a lot of times there was grain put in there on purpose to give it that, to give it that feel. Um, and a lot of people have a misconception when it comes to Blu-ray that if you put a Blu-ray in there, you shouldn't see a speck of fuzz. Nothing should be grainy. It should be crystal clear, like looking at glass. And for some of the newer movies, especially, you know, the heavy effects laden ones, that's, yeah, that's true. So shot digitally, but, yeah. Yeah. But you look at the older stuff, and some people still see that grain, and, and they don't They, they don't, don't get, get it. it. Yeah, they don't get that that's but, part of the movie. But you look at, like, The Godfather is a perfect example. I, I know John's uh, seen it. I think he has it. I, I got it through Netflix. He's probably it's in the Netflix. mob anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you uh, could, no you could do Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's no mafia. There's no mafia. Um, what is this Cosa Nostra you speak of? Um, the, the, Goth, the, the Netflix will do Blu-ray. Now they're going to charge a buck extra a month if you opt into it, but big deal, it's worth it. Um, watching The Godfather after they remastered it on Blu-ray was unbelievable. The depth of color and the clarity. I mean, you still have the grain from the film because that's, that's what was intended, but they've cleaned up all the dirt and the color is that's the to me the big difference is the richness of color between watching a DVD and a Blu-ray, other than the clarity. I mean, and for older films, you're really going to notice that 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 color depth. I mean, seeing The Godfather and watching those scenes at night where there's like Christmas lights in the background and all that kind of stuff, it just they just pop right out. And it just like I said, to me, that and Blade Runner are perfect examples of older movies. Um, you know, especially The Godfather, it's 35 years old now, 36 years old, and Blade Runner's, you know, 20, 25 years old. The way they could go in there and clean that up and add all the content in there is just amazing. And we've, you know, we've only really scratched the surface when it comes to Blu-ray. I mean, the, the whole BD Live or the Blu-ray 2.0 stuff that adds all that Java in there, um, that's just now um, getting out there. I think Iron Man was one of the first that has some of that Blu-ray, yeah. what they call Blu-ray Live features. But they're going to, I mean, some of the stuff coming out now, because Blu-ray players, the, the 2.0, the profile 2.0 players with the BD Live stuff in there can be connected to the Internet. You can do chats on there where you can, you know, build your own movie commentaries and chat with people while you're watching them and record and you can do all this crazy stuff now. There's all this live streaming content that you can pull into the internet and overlay while you're watching the movie. All, all that stuff that you just you can't do with DVD. It's just it, when they finally start moving along with it and perfect it, and you know within the next six to six months to a year, it's just going to be an incredible viewing experience. Aside from just having a high definition version of your movie. All I know is I'm going to buy Star Wars and Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> yeah. Even with the cable content, you know, the, getting it through satellite, the compression so rate compressed. is so high. It's so high that, that, you know, you compare what you're going to see in, quote, high depth, even at 1080p through a satellite or cable, and compare it to what you're going to see on Blu-ray. Oh, it's yeah. going to be noticeably different because yeah. the compression even rate Even the stuff you can get lower. from the different online things like, uh, like Netflix streaming or... or, or uh Xbox Live and PS3, there are services that have you know high definition content, still way way more compressed than it would ever be on a on a actual disc media. Now you yeah. see, I feel like Brad reading The Watchmen right now because you're talking about dots per inch. Blah 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 blah. blah. Ex yeah, exactly. I want to turn on the television and watch something that I like, and 
that's about it. And this you know is, what? If that simple view of your audio video entertainment suits you, then I'm that's simple. perfectly fine. I'm simple. <laughs> no, but this is Blu-ray. It's like um, it, it's. It looks, it's, it's DVDs for people who have OCD about uh, film quality. Absolutely. It? absolutely. It just looks so much better. Is that, pretty, is that fair? I mean, is that fair? It's 100% fair, and the, the argument is going to be, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy Blu-ray, and then by the time I get a good collection up, there's going to be something new. And that's 100% true. But there's people like me and Russ and Ken that if, if, a, if a better version than Blu-ray came out tomorrow of my favorite movie, we'd probably drop everything and get the better looking version. I will say this is not the jump in visual quality that VHS to DVD was. It's not that kind of jump, but it's still significant enough. I believe it's not, it's not significant for me to go out and do what Johnny's doing and to, to rebuy stuff. I already own at least I'm doing for, for some things, but certainly for new purchases, ongoing Iron Man, Hulk, things like that. I'm buying Blu-ray. I'm not, I'm not rushing out to to rebuy um, Harry Potter, for example, you know, but just to, to bring one up, but there's, others that I'm going to buy just on Blu-ray going forward. Well, I'm just going to have them implanted into my brain to never buy them again or just sneak onto a film set because this is getting ridiculous. I, I just can't afford to make the jump to uh, an HDTV or Blu-ray right now. It's all coming down. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could. I mean, I, I play on a flat screen. I play uh, 360 on a flat screen SDTV, and I can tell the difference between that and my normal cable signal. But, uh, you know, eventually I'll get around to it, you know. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've got a flat, teen, uh, flat screen SDTV right now. And everybody check out Mongol, <laughs> which, is, which is a new movie that was just released on Blu-ray and regular DVD, and it's the first of a Russian trilogy of the life of Genghis Khan, and it is awesome. Well, here, I thought it was going to be about uh, War World. <laughs> you got to... <laughs> You have to, uh, you got to check it out. It's like Braveheart, you know, meets uh, another movie with a lot of blood. Is it in Russian? It is in Russian, so you have to read subtitles. So, wait, it's it a is... Russian movie about a Mongolian. Yes. Well, this is like when Shakespeare did The Merchant of Venice, which was about or Romeo and Juliet, which is about Italians, but they spoke with English accents. I'll take your word for it. Ugh. Or like when Kevin Costner played an Englishman, and never mind. <laughs> what right. fellas I think it is time to wrap this one up I, I think that about covers it yep. no, we've totally learned more than we ever wanted to know about the dudes <laughs> the dudes have been met that's enough of that Reed snap out of it and do the outro okay well uh... <laughs> oh wait 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 I'm sorry can I say something about the con next oh, week please do I keep I always forget that's cool. Uh, Legion of Dudes representing at Steel City Con on October 24th and 25th. Uh, come on out and meet Lou Ferrigno, Ray Park, Richard Keel, and Doug Bradley, who played Pinhead in Hellraiser. Come on out, and uh, we're going to have free uh, CDs of our shows. We're going to be giving away a big basket of swag, and uh, we're going to be having a great time. Steel City Con next weekend. Come on down. Awesome, right. That'll be this, that'll be this weekend. For uh, By the time this gets out, it'll be right. in a couple of days. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Expo Mart, the uh, SteelCityCon.com if you want more information. Okay, well, uh, that has been our show for tonight. If you want to leave any comments, you can leave those at the comicforums.com under the half-hour wasted banner. Come see my mullet. 
Come see his mullet. <laughs> yeah, we know how many listeners we have at this point, and all how many hundreds of you need to just at least look at this thing. I mean, come on, John. I think uh, Frank just found the uh, the picture he's going to use for the for the banner. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, you can also send us email messages to comments at legionofdudes.com. And uh, tune in next week for issue number six, six. of The Watchmen. Halfway uh, through. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night.